Madrid, February 22nd, 2019. On a cool Friday afternoon in late winter, a well-dressed man carrying two luxury gift bags walked up to the door of the North Korean embassy in Madrid and pressed the buzzer. See? A voice said through the intercom after a few minutes. Good afternoon. My name is Matthew Chow. The man outside replied in good Spanish, explaining he'd been there several weeks earlier and had returned with the gift for Senor So, citing the name of the embassy's highest-ranking official. The embassy was a burnt orange compound in Madrid's Valdemarin quarter, a posh district known for its parks and luxurious residences. The diplomatic compound looked more like the estate of a rich, if perhaps paranoid, Spaniard than the office-like quarters of the city's other embassies. The discreet entry gate was set back from the sidewalk and flanked by an imposing wall. Little could be seen from the road, and most people in the neighborhood walked by without giving the building a second thought. The embassy received few visitors. Now, however, hearing the name of his boss, the North Korean worker, a 30-year-old embassy employee called Jin Choi, who was gardening when the buzzer rang, cracked open the door. Seeing a smiling, dapper Asian man wearing a black suit with a polka dot tie and his hair tied in a man bun, Jin allowed him in. I'll find Mr. So, he said, pointing the visitor to a seat on a bench inside the door. The time was just after 4.30 p.m. As Jin went in search of Mr. So, Outside the embassy walls, an older woman resting at a bus stop was observing a different scene, one that would have caused the junior diplomat to shut the door and run for safety. Concealed against a wall near the embassy's front door stood another five men dressed casually in blue jeans and sunglasses. Some of them wore large black backpacks. Several were crouching, as if they were about to spring into the building. A few moments after Jin disappeared, the man calling himself Matthew Chow rose from the bench and quietly opened the door behind him. The men waiting outside slipped inside. As they crossed the threshold onto North Korean grounds, several of the intruders pulled on black balaclavas and began running. They drew pistols and handcuffs from their bags, speaking to each other over a walkie-talkie app on their mobile phones and wireless headphones. The intruders dispersed throughout the building, yelling at the startled staff to drop to the ground. After fastening their hands with plastic ties and handcuffs and placing bags over their heads, the masked men corralled the workers into a meeting room. Mr. So, whose full name is So Yun Suk, was initially pulled into a bathroom, while his wife, who had tried at first to barricade herself and their child in a bedroom, was guarded by a man upstairs without any restraints. The intruders then went room by room, learning the layout of the embassy and ensuring no one was hiding in a closet or unused office. Most rooms were startlingly spare, considering the building was home to four diplomatic staff, as well as two of their wives and one young boy. They charged into a propaganda room, whose walls were covered in North Korean ideological posters and stylized pictures of the three generations of the Kim dynasty who have ruled the country since its founding in 1948, following the partitioning of Korea by the United States and the Soviet Union in 1945. 
the diplomats would be expected to gather in the room daily to read and recite ideological material praising their leader, Kim Jong-un, as well as his father and grandfather, as deities protecting the proud country from evildoers around the world, especially the United States. Down one hallway, the embassy raiders came upon a chamber purported to exist in every North Korean embassy around the globe a space few, if any, foreigners had ever set their eyes on. The Intelligence Center, featuring a computer, stacks of papers, and foil-lined walls intended to prevent the prying of Western intelligence agencies. Here the diplomats would receive orders from their superiors in North Korea via their own cryptographic system. Within 15 minutes, the group had taken control of the embassy and secured the premises or so they thought. Not all was what it seemed, both to the intruders and to the captives. One of the North Korean hostages later told Spanish police that the man putting on his wrist tie couldn't figure out how it worked at first and required help from another of the men, an odd shortcoming for what he automatically assumed was the work of an elite paramilitary group seizing control of the embassy. With their terrified captives tied up, the intruders dashed through the rooms again, sweeping everything they could, including USB sticks, two computers, a mobile phone, documents, and two hard drives into a backpack. One of the hard drives was connected to the embassy's surveillance system, so taking it was meant to eliminate any evidence the men had been inside. With the rest of the embassy staff terrified and tied up in the meeting room, Matthew Chow led So Yun Suk into the basement.